the Holy Gospel according to John, the third chapter. Jesus said, Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and people loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light, so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Sharing the good news from today's Gospel, the third chapter of John, a passage that contains what is likely the most well-known and most quoted verse in all of Scripture, John 3.16, which says, and which perhaps you have memorized, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever should believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Sharing that good news should be almost effortless, right? After all, Martin Luther called John 3.16 the gospel in miniature, suggesting that what is expressed in this single verse is a beautifully articulate summary of all of the good news contained in all of Scripture. It is the gospel in a nutshell. It is the good news about the love of God as expressed in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's the truth of just how far God is willing to go to redeem the world and to reconcile all that is broken in it. God sent his only son to the cross so that we might be freed from our sins so that we might not perish and so that we might have eternal life. To speak about love like that, God's unconditional, sacrificial, and forgiving love should be pretty straightforward and maybe even simple, sort of like this. When asked, to summarize his theology in a single sentence, theologian Karl Barth is said to have responded by saying, in the words of a song I learned at my mother's knee, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And yet, this message doesn't come with ease because how we receive and live into and out of this amazing grace and unconditional love of God, and how we extend that to our neighbor is not easy. 
Let me explain. I had a conversation once with someone who was deeply entrenched in anger. The person began, the amount of anger inside me right now is astronomical. I will not soon forget the use of the word astronomical in relation to anger. They went on to explain the sources and the causes of said anger, rehearsing old wounds and cataloging new ones. After the litany of injustices and grievances and hurts, the question posed to me went like this. As a pastor, your life is based on forgiveness, if I'm not mistaken, and I can do that. I can forgive the other members of my family, but, but not my brother. So the questioner wanted to know, is that okay? I don't have to forgive my brother, right? As I sat with the brokenness of the relationship and the sting of that question, I don't have to forgive my brother, right? I understood that what this person really wanted from me was not advice or counsel, but rather agreement. Agreement that all the blame lay with the brother. Agreement that void and apology and amends, forgiveness was justifiably off the table. And agreement that the ball lay in the brother's court, that it was up to him to make the next move, to take the first step, and therefore that the questioner was off the hook for having any responsibility for the mending of this relationship. As I considered this, I knew that my response was bound to disappoint because looking to John 3.16 wouldn't allow any such agreement. I can forgive the other members of my family, but, but not my brother. Is that okay? I don't have to forgive him, right? I suspect that all of us, at one time or another, have wondered the same. I don't have to forgive, right? I don't have to. My response to this challenging question is this. God's unconditional and forgiving love for you is not never was, nor will it ever be, dependent upon your relationship with your brother. God's love for you is not a condition of you forgiving him, nor does your action determine your favor before the Lord. Know this, your favor before God Almighty was securely established a long time ago. So, whether you forgive or not, God loves you. Whether you seek to restore that relationship 
or not, God's love for you remains unchanged. The scriptures speak to this truth frequently, but no one says it better than the Apostle Paul. He explains the depth and the breadth of that love in this passage from his letter to the Romans. He writes, But God proves his love for us in that, while we still were sinners, Christ died for us. Notice here how God did not measure our remorse before he acted to reconcile us to him. It's clear, as Paul said, while we still were sinners, while we still were sinners, Christ died for us. Eugene Peterson, in the message, translates this same passage from Romans this way. He writes, Christ didn't and doesn't wait for us to get ready. He presented himself for his sacrificial death when we were far too weak and rebellious to do anything to get ourselves ready. And even if we hadn't been so weak, we wouldn't have known what to do anyway. He continues, we can understand someone dying for a person worth dying for, and we can understand how someone good and noble could inspire us to selfless sacrifice, but God, God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while while we were still sinners. It's exactly that love, that unmerited, undeserved, incomprehensible love that was poured out for you on the cross, that was poured over you in the waters of baptism, and that is poured into you at the table of our Lord. This is my body, this is my blood given and shed for you. The love of God is stubborn and uncompromising, boundless, and outrageously generous. And it's for you. I can forgive the other members of my family, but not my brother. Is that okay? I don't have to forgive him, right? John 3.16 makes it clear that God's love for you is absolutely 100% unconditional, and therefore it is not dependent on whether or not you forgive your brother. That's the first part of the response. The second begins with a question, and it goes like this. And does that mean that there is nothing for you to do? Since God's love is without condition, is there nothing that can be done? The answer to that is yes and no. 
Yes. <laughs> there is nothing you can do that will deepen God's love for you or that will merit the sacrificial love of which you are already a recipient. The words of our second reading today remind us of this. For by grace, you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God and not the result of works. When it comes to your salvation and the love of God, there is nothing you can do. And yet, this doesn't mean that there is nothing for you to do. Because I promise you, once you have experienced the depth of God's love for you, once you have awakened to what God has done for you in Jesus, his only son, once you have been loved so fully, so deeply, so thoroughly, and so unconditionally, and once your heart has been softened and broken open by that kind of love, then you will find that you will not be able to help yourself. You won't be able to keep yourself from reflecting that love back into the world. That, you see, is the power of the cross of Christ. What was intended to be an instrument of death was transformed by the sacrificial love of God and turned into an instrument of healing and restoration of relationships and reconciliation between you and God, between you and your neighbor, between you and your brother or sister her husband or wife, her child or parent. Friends, we love because God first loved us. We forgive because we've been forgiven. And we live because God sent his son that we might have life and have it abundantly right here right now, and for all eternity. In the name of Jesus, amen.